When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, welcome to Claret and Blue. I'm Dan Rowlands and joined here by Matt Kendrick and John Townley for the first time in what feels like a, a lifetime to do something a little bit different during the international break. I've tasked us, the three of us, with creating the ultimate Aston Villa footballer. Now, this idea sparked, and just before we came on, by the way, I had Will on my lap waiting for you too, and he was bashing the microphone, and I've, I've got a clip of that, I'll put it in here. You can tell I'm not sleeping much at the minute because this is where the idea has come from. So you know those kids' books where you flip the pages and you have like head of a rhino on the body of a lion on the feet of a giraffe or whatever. I thought, what would it look like? What would it look like if you had the head of Martin Larson and the body of Stylian Petrov or whatever, creating the ultimate Aston Villa footballer? So this video might come with a couple of dodgy photoshops as well, but I've tasked the both of you and myself to come with different body parts of footballers equating to attributes and putting those with Aston Villa footballers. This will all become clear as we go through. How are we both feeling about this mad concept? I'm more excited about how it looks visually, to be honest, <laughs> than I am about any kind of Aston Villa chat around the edges. I think it's a true test of your Photoshop skills. If you could, if you can make this kind, it's a bit like a photo fit, isn't it? Like when the police police <laughs> issue something that's been been drawn together kind of sketchily. So I'm looking forward to it. I think I know you're going to go through the body parts. Whose hair is it going to have? <laughs> Well, that well, come with the head. Well, this is the thing. So I've picked out a couple of body parts in reverse order of picking the footballing attributes first. So like heading is the head. So you could have the hair of somebody else if you wanted to just mix it up aesthetically and give me a Photoshop challenge. So let's break down the categories I've got. So we've got head, heading ability, eyes, vision, mouth, leadership, brain, footballing brain, uh, torso, arms, upper body, strength, right leg, left leg, self-explanatory. And for the sake of making sure it's definitely football-related, we've got dribbling and finishing ability. So maybe it's like their right foot and left foot, even though it doesn't really matter. John, you looking forward to it? Yeah, looking forward to it. I think as Matt says, it's going to be mainly a test of your Photoshop skills more than anything else. And that's the main reason why we're here. But yeah, I mean, my choices are going to be like post-2005. So I don't know about you, Dan, but... There's a lot of players, I'm, I don't know, maybe in Matt's list that I haven't had the privilege of seeing or watching. So, um, yeah, those, that's for the comments in the, uh, the people typing below saying, why has John gone for this player instead of this one? It's because I haven't watched them before. Yeah, and also the comments can get involved with their list as well. I'll put the like, template yeah, yeah. in the yeah. description down below in the comments, copy and paste it and fill yours out as well. Right, enough intro, I think. Let's get stuck into it. We'll do it in order that I, I read it out just. We'll start with the head of... 
blank. So this is a player who was known for their heading ability. We'll get to hair in a bit, Matt. I don't know why you're obsessed with hair, given you've got none. Uh, but who have you both picked? Start with you, John. Who are you picking the head of? I'm picking the head of... And to be fair, firstly, I'm not sure which like position they're playing in. So that kind of skewed me a little bit. Um, yeah. But I've gone with the head of Christian Benteke. Probably for obvious reasons. I remember quite a few headers that he scored. <laughs> I was thinking, I don't know, like Martin Larson or something. But because it's different, you know, you, you're thinking, are they good in the air going forward? Or is it defensively just winning every header? Um, but yeah, I went with Benteke. Yeah, this is the kind of... Um... Uh, the the floor of the format of this ultimate player is playing what position? If you know dribbling ability and finishing ability, if he's built like a goalkeeper, doesn't really work. <laughs> I'd pick Martin Larson, so I've gone for the more defensive mindset when thinking of heading abilities. I just feels like watching him when I was growing up, a ball went into the air from a goal kick or a free kick. Martin Larson won it. Like there was no debate. Martin Larson is the head of my Frankenstein's monster. Uh, what about yours, Matt? It's funny John saying a moment ago about players that. He'd ask me to. He'd rely on me to to bring forward players that he hadn't seen play. I've put forward a couple of players that I haven't seen play that I'm just going off on reputation. So okay. I picked Andy Gray, which who I never had never had the pleasure of seeing seeing play for Villa because even in his second spell was very early on in my my Villa supporting time. Uh, and I don't think he was involved that, that often anyway during his second spell. Seen some of the goals on, on grainy footage and and heard from legend that he you know he wasn't even the world's biggest centre forward, but he was able to kind of you know probably I wouldn't say jump twice his height, but but rise above defenders and just his technique. Yeah, I think he was one of the one of the masters masters of his trade. So we'll we'll stick his head in, and if he makes the cut, he's got a back when he had a kind of weird weird haircut as well that Frankenstein's <laughs> monster up in a particularly scary way yeah I'm undecided whether we just try and boil this down to one definitive and we have to pick from one of each of ours maybe we put that vote to the comments instead and we just have three players at the end of this so I'm undecided yet um, let's go with the eyes of so when we said earlier about the head does that include the hair the head of Martin Larson in mine for example doesn't include Martin Larson's eyes which is trust me for the sake of the photoshop this is going to be pretty horrific <laughs> uh, so eyes is vision I've gone with a current player, and I'll be honest, I've probably not put as much thought into my list as I should have. I've picked Douglas Louise. I think his range of passing is unbelievable. His vision is excellent, the kind of reverse balls around the corner. He seems to see things that other players don't, sees things that I, as a fan, don't see. And think, Christ, has he seen that ball? It's flying down to Ollie Watkins or whoever. So Douglas mm. Louise for vision or for eyes is, uh, is my pick. Do you want to go next, Matt? Um, yeah, I've gone for Gordon Cowens, who's renowned as kind of Aston Villa's finest pass master. So his ability to see a pass and then execute that pass is something that, that's made him. We've debated in the past, haven't we, how where he where he stands in all-time Villa legends. He's definitely in the top three as far, as far as I'm concerned. So I'd go, go for him. Sid Sid would be, be, be my shout. I, I don't really want to go after Sid Cowan. <laughs> I think Matt's probably 2 nil nil up, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to insane right now. I went with Coutinho uh, just because, I mean, we know how good he was. And I don't think you lose, I mean, I don't know, unless your eyes get worse. Um, I don't think you lose that vision and that kind of spatial awareness on a pitch. So mm. I think Coutinho probably had that when he was at Villa. He was just lacking a lot of other things like fitness and, and whatnot. So yeah, I went with Coutinho's vision because I think if he was on the pitch, then he'd probably be able to pick out most passes as well. Yeah, and probably a more fair shout for his Liverpool days rather than his, his Villa ones. Uh, yeah, 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 probably didn't see too much of it as Villa. But, but he had the same eye. 
yeah, yeah, I suppose. Uh, two Brazilians then uh, for that for that uh, category: Douglas Louise, Philippe Coutinho, and Gordon Cowan for eyes. Uh, we'll go leadership next, which I put as mouth for being like talkative on the pitch and kind of captain material because I've gone leadership as as the reason for mouth. I suppose you could have put other things like you could have said it was personality or something. Uh, but I've gone Tyro Mings as mine as as leadership uh, and my <laughs> my mouth. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean, I was going to go with Mings as well, again, because I'm kind of working on relatively recently, recent mm. times, but I went with John Terry instead. Only okay, yeah. And one season at Villa. Again, I don't think you lose those leadership qualities. So, I don't know, say if he was at the club for 15 years, I think he would probably be, I don't know, one of our best captains ever. I mean, obviously that would depending on winning things, etc. But those leadership qualities, as I say, I think are something that you probably don't lose, like Coutinho's vision. So, um, yeah, I went with JT. Matt, have you kept up the trend of going for players that were playing before John and I were even born? Yes, I have. Um, <laughs> I'm bringing my Nan vibes um, to the podcast as ever. I've gone with Dennis Mortimer. Uh, it's the easy one, isn't it? Just because of the, yeah. the, the ultimate leader. Um, I'm trying to probably forced my narrative a little bit in the fact that I never saw Dennis play either, so I don't know how chatty he was, but I know that having met him several times since since he's hung up his boots, <laughs> that he likes a good... <laughs> he can certainly talk now. So I'm going with Dennis. I think we're already... If you do do these as three separate creatures, <laughs> mine's already going to be quite black and white, I think. Yeah. Like <laughs> well, yeah, that is true, but also... As John said in the last round, 2 0 nil. It's now 3 0 nil. In terms of quality of footballers, you've picked the best footballer so far. Um, who will be the best Photoshop? That's the real quiz. Next up is Footballing Brain. Now, I don't really know how I'm going to do this visually. Do I cut open the top of Martin Larson's head and then have this player's head poke out the top of it? Who knows? Uh, as I said earlier, I am delirious. I'm going to save mine until last because I'm not fu- fully sure I agree with my own pick. So for you two first, I'll come to you, John. Footballing brain. Similar to the other ones, it's something that I don't think you lose. So I went with a player who I believe was on loan, actually. Probably only played like a handful of games, but I went with Robert Perez. <laughs> Probably okay. a bit of an out there shout. Um, again, a free transfer, Matt. Was he alone? No, I don't remember. On a free, I think, yeah. Well, I think I think he was yeah, probably our first World Cup winner. I know we've got we've got one who was uh, we can lay claim to since then, but uh, yeah, he was interesting interesting time period he was well past his sell by date but I think his brain was still functioning yeah that's why I went with him because his brain was still still working um yeah one of the Premier League's best ever players I suppose and we had him we just didn't have him in his pump but again I think he would still be able to see things and spot things notice things so um yeah I I feel like working down the body as we go you're going to get more players who at least in my list could actually play football for Villa like I was even considering like Joe Cole and stuff because I thought (laughs) Well, football in Brian, they've obviously got a good one, but um, just didn't show it, I suppose. For I've gone for Gareth Barry. I have. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, okay, yeah. You know, his versatility, football with Brian, could have, he could have played, and he did play centre-half, centre-midfield, kind of wide positions, left-back, mm. um, and always, never, never seemed 
under any real pressure because his brain gave him that kind of extra 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 yard if you like never the quickest but he was the, one of the quickest thinkers um and it just reminds me like John Gregg we used to always kind of describe him as kind of being poker faced because he never really he never really gave much away so that brain that brain was functioning and and and, and kind of being quite busy but he always managed to 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 be quite expressionless and quite calm but yeah what mm. what a player he was so for my pick for brain, I've kind of gone down the similar route that you've gone down there, Matt, in the, type, the way you explained Gareth Barry, and I've picked Ashley Young, and I've put in brackets, hear me out, because it's probably not the obvious answer for somebody who like dictated play, like you think of a good footballing brain can see things. But for the same reasons that you said about um, about Barry, played for Villa in two different spells in two very different ways, a forward-thinking creative player, loads of assists, really good free kick, so you've got to be clever and intelligent to do that then to come back in the latter, year of, latter years of his career and play a totally different role, play at right back, play at left back and be that kind of steady, calm head in a younger dress, dressing room, be good on like things like the dark arts, that kind of thing, like overseeing uh, his experience across a younger squad. I kind of chose an Ashley Young to crowbar him in because I, I wanted him in for my, like, my right leg or my dribbling or something like that and I couldn't quite get in there. So for a less obvious answer, Ashley Young's footballing brain for, for different reasons than, as I said, like controlling the, the, the pace of a, of a football match. Yeah, probably a different answer and like valid, but I don't think it will win done, unfortunately, on this category. No, no probably not. <laughs> Next up is torso slash arms, because I couldn't work out if the torso should be separate from the arms and whether the arms would mean different things. So I've kind of put like upper body, the body of somebody, including their arms as well. And for that, I'm saying his strength. Uh, so, uh, Matt, do you want to take yours first? Yeah, I've gone for Christian Benteke in that, really, because he's a kind of powerhouse battering ram. Bit of a throwback. I still do like a centre-forward who can bully bully defenders. Um, Me too. I don't know. Is it is it a kind of a dying demographic now? I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm not sure. But I'm, they, the, the one I always refer back to, and I've said it about 15 times on this podcast, is just in bullying Chris Small in that one time when he bounced off him and left him, left him crying for his mum. Um, so yeah, Ben, Ben, and I think the middle section that you've said with the arms, the shoulders, the torso, <laughs> I think you know, proper ripped on Ben Techy. So I think, um, oh, is he, yeah. is he topless in, in your Photoshop as well? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be drawn on that, but yes, for very similar reasons that, that you've picked, uh, almost copy and paste in terms of an answer from a, a generation previous, or say, generation in terms of football, a team before that one, and say, John Carew very similar reasons big strapping lad he's bigger than me and you etc etc uh, so John Carew's arm slash torso is what I'm going for for strength yeah. are the people around him topless uh, <laughs> yes also yes <laughs> I won't be photoshopping that though I went with Adama Traore um, again for obvious reasons probably there's a lot of crap footballers in yours no, actually that's not fair to say crap. <laughs> yeah, but Terry, the... Terry and Perez weren't crap but like there's not been anybody in your side yet that was like in their prime at Villa and Charo no, barely no. played for us but I mean if we're saying strength that's fair it, enough up until we get to the legs that I reckon the rest of it's a bit doesn't really match if they were good for Villa or not like <laughs> you don't lose your vision and you don't lose your footballing brain and Adama Traore probably isn't going to lose his muscles either apparently he doesn't even go to the gym which I think is absolute calf like uh, that's impossible He's probably the most muscular player the Premier League's seen. And to be fair, I was close to actually putting him, we'll go on to it later, but dribbling as well. I was close to putting Adama there because I don't think he can stop him. It's just a shame he can't 
do much or play football. Do you want to explain what absolute cap means to, to Matt? Oh, sorry. There's that. <laughs> well, no. Have we not got a glossary not. of these the street terms? <laughs> what is absolute cap? Is that what Ed- Edric Conza's going to win? <laughs> oh, dear. It's absolute nonsense. Rubbish. Yeah, I think I... So, does that come... Is that derived from... If my son says to me, you're capping, so you're lying or you're speaking, you're, you're, you're talking rubbish, is that what it means? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Precisely. Bang on. Where are we next? So, we're into the... Into the um, I want to say the meat and bones of it then, but that's a whole different <laughs> analogy if we go down that route. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've got right leg up first. Now, you could take this down many different ways. You could think of it from a defensive point of view, someone who's strong with their tackling or something like that. Um or it could be someone who's right-footed and, and obviously scored a lot of goals on their right foot, or however you want to take it. I will go first and go with James Milner. And not somebody that was particularly like a right-footed striker who scored loads of goals for us or anything like that. Uh, he's probably pretty decent with both both feet, to be fair, Milner. But I wanted him in, in my, I was going to say in my side, but I wanted to have him represented in my player, um, just for kind of like the work rate and the energy and uh, that industriousness, if that's a word. Um, so not kind of like famous for having a great right foot or anything, but James Milner, I wanted him rep- represented in mine. Yeah, I went with um, Ashley Young, mainly just his, yeah. I think Ashley Young's technique and the way that he could cross the ball, um, his set pieces, all that sort of stuff. I thought, well, we'll bash him into the team. It's one of, one of my earlier memories of watching Villa would be Ashley Young just cutting in off the left and whipping the ball towards John Carew. So um, yeah, his technique like alone would be why... I'm using him as my right foot. I'm going to go for Ian Taylor. He actually scored a few with his with his left as well. But think the thing about why I associate Ian Taylor and legs. I just got memories of him kind of just sliding in and, and kind of using that long leg to kind of poke the ball in or get. Him. Mm-hmm. He probably used both legs actually to get up and down the pitch. But he was very kind of box to box as well. So, and he's quite a tall, rangy kind of guy. Probably before your time, but then used to be. Um, like Go Go Gadget, Inspector Gadget, which was like this stretchy kind of cartoon character that could extend parts of him uh, for whatever the occasion demanded. And um, so Tal's Tal's had got kind of Go Go Gadget legs. So I'm, I'm putting him in there for that reason. We'll flip that then to the other side and do left leg. Now, for some reason, it feels like there's more options for left leg. I don't know whether it's because they just stand out more like left footed players, maybe. Because there's so many right footed players, I think it's hard to differentiate. Whereas you think of like five, six really good left footed options. So you two have already said Gareth Barry, I think, or you certainly did, Matt. Um, and I wanted to have him as my left foot, but I wasn't quite sure. Uh, so I'll pick somebody slightly different just to change it for the sake of having a different answer and picked Conor Harahan, the left foot of the championship years rather than uh, the, the O'Neill era as I talk about at a different time. Great set pieces, uh, scored a couple of great goals with his left foot, uh, a wand of a left foot, if you will. So Conor Harahan's left peg for me, I'll take. Yeah, I went with um, Thomas Sitzelsberger. That was the first name yeah. that jumped out to me. And I'd be, I don't know, I thought that's maybe what you would have gone with as well, Dan. Um, he was one of my options, yeah. Yeah, Conor Horan's a good shout though. But yeah, it's all Spurger for again, obvious reasons, like probably more than ten goals that you could plonk on to like a best Aston Villa goals compilation sort of thing. So uh yeah. Well, I've gone with um Conor Horan's compatriot Steve Staunton. Again, going a little bit further into into the past, but yeah, you just associate somebody who can welly it with a left foot, but also finesse it with a left foot when needed. And um Staunton kind of epitomised that. Um, during a reasonably successful era for Villa, but 
Mm. Was it a successful era for Villa, given what's what's around the corner for Villa? You know, is that mm. also just all going to be forgotten? Um, but yeah, Staunton, Staunton was quality. You've probably got better things to do with your life, but if you get five minutes, just go on YouTube and, and look at some of the some of the corner screamers that he scored as well. Torres Mings is left footed. Obviously, different eras, different players. Pau Torres might be in this list in a few years' time if he continues the way he is as a, as a ball progressive left foot centre half. Added Susberg, had Barry on there as well. But yeah, somebody slightly different with, with Connor Harahan instead. Uh, up next, I've gone for. I didn't want to go like left footed, right footed because you could have took, taken those as the same the same definition of left leg, right leg, just a right footed goal scorer or whatever. So I've gone with a, a footballer tribute for their right or left foot. You can kind of pick either one. So we're going to go dribbling next, kind of dribbling the dribbling attribute. Uh, I'll let you take yours first, John. Uh, Jack Grealish, very yeah. easy for me. Um, I'd be surprised. We have. I don't think we've clashed yet in terms of got the same player twice. We have now. But- uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd be surprised if we did, if we didn't. Sorry, the best dribbler I've seen, like mm. as in footballer, um, one of the best dribblers I've seen live. Hopefully, we get to see it again. Yeah, it looks like he just sort of floated through the pitch, didn't he? Really, it's just gliding past players. Yeah, it's still great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, really, really great. It's the first. Yeah, you're right. It's the first time we've clashed. We've had similar players, but in a specific uh, position. You may have yeah. both got Grealish for dribbling again. How I demonstrate that on a on a graphic? Who knows? Uh, Matt, who are you going for? I'd got such an old man. I'd got Tony Morley in there. I even thought like mm. Dwight York as well with the way he used to move the ball. But you're right Brian in Little. terms of yeah. But really, in terms of that particular skill, I think he. I've never seen anybody anybody like it. So yeah, I know it's a, no, it's a late change, but I'll, I'll, I'll we'll go for the go for the full house with us all, all three of us going for him if that's all right. Of the original categories that we mentioned at the very start. We're on our last one, but I've added one more in. Just came to me while we're while we're discussing this that I'll reveal in a sec. The last kind of attribute I'm going for because again, it's the feet. I guess it could be the head, however you want to take it. I've gone finishing, finishing ability. Uh, just so we can talk about some strikers, I expect. Uh, John, I'll let you take yours first. It's not actually a play that I've watched before, but I felt like I had to put him there because I don't know. I've already said Benteke. I would have said Tammy, but nah. So I went with um, Dwight York. One of our best best strikers. It's difficult for yeah. us to talk about him, as we've said many times on these kind of shows, because we didn't see him play live, at least. So, yeah, an absolutely fair shout. I'm going with somebody who probably might raise a couple of eyebrows, but I believe that he will be uh, a very good finisher as the seasons go by. John Ollie Watkins. <laughs> no, no, Ollie Watkins, which considering okay. that we've just filmed this after the game where he missed a, a very easy open goal against Fulham, doesn't look great. But he's got a, such a range of finishing, I think. He's he's pretty good with both feet. He scores some good goals with his weaker foot. He's pretty good in the air as well, like in terms of like redirecting the ball. He's some like really clever headers, I think. Obviously, he's got some kind of criticism criticism from some towards him for not having great finishing. And there'll be loads of people watching this thinking there are far better finishers that have played for Villa than Ollie Watkins. But again, for the sake of conversation, I didn't want to go with obvious people. I also okay. think if Ollie Watkins sees out the majority of his contract or the next three or four years of his career at Villa, we've talked about it before, he will become Villa's all-time Premier League record goal scorer so to do that you must be a half decent finisher so I think this will look better in two or three years time than maybe it does today <laughs> we, we can all make predictions like that can't we that nobody will ever <laughs> who's going to be coming and revisit, reviewing this you know in, in two or three years no, you if you're watching this in uh, yeah, if you're watching this in 2025 let us know what you think in the comments down below again I'm going to force another of my favourites in there I'm going for David Platt 
Okay. Just with the, with the range of finishing, you know, scored plenty of headers. Again, I think was a competent finisher with with both both feet. You know, to be that prolific as a midfielder, you know, I, I don't think don't think the opter would have been providing kind of level of stats then. But I should imagine his kind of chance conversion rate would be pretty high. You know, for, further up his own body, we're going to have. Sid Cameron's delivering the passes, so they're on they're on a wavelength when they were different people. So when they're part of the same person, um, <laughs> you know they'll they'll be a, even more prolific together. He got everything. He got a bit of everything in, in, in the way he could finish. So uh, and I like him. Don't I? He's my favourite player. So I'll uh, get him in there. That's the end of our of the categories that I mentioned at the very start. I think I will have done three photoshops, which I will reveal at the very end. I don't think I'll have been putting them all the way through because that's far too much work for this. Uh, so we'll have three different photoshops at the end where each of you recount uh, your whole Frankenstein monster Villa player. One category I want to throw at you very quickly is away from on the pitch, but is needed to be a good footballer. Uh, and maybe a chance for us to give honourable mentions to different players for different reasons. Uh, the heart... Again, how I display this on our image, who knows? But the heart of, of a player, the kind of the braveness, maybe, or uh, you know, lion heart, however you want to take it. Does anyone immediately jump out to anyone for the heart of somebody? It's just a way of getting him in the team, to be honest. But I go with Paul McGrath. Um, I think the fact that he was able to almost be thrown on the on the scrap heap by Alex Ferguson at Manchester United and despite the inner demons that we've we've spoken about and everybody knows about at length, just be able to revive his career at so you know, at that at that stage when he'd been cast off to go and then to almost lead Villa's revival to become to make Villa help make Villa a team that could challenge, win the kind of PFA Player of the Year award, I think it was nineteen ninety three as well. You know, that, that doesn't happen if you don't have that kind of determination and, and kind of dedication to your craft. Probably hungry hungry for a football at the weekend, but you hardly trained during the week. Um, but yeah, I'd, you might find players that kind of wear the passion on the sleeve a, a little bit more than, than McGrath did, but we've got to get him in there, haven't we? Yeah, of course. He's got to be in there somewhere. You, you probably would be unfair to pick him as like right leg or left leg, considering that part of his leg in terms of his knees wouldn't really work very well. Uh, so yeah, a, a chance to get McGrath in there. It's a fair play. John, you thought of anyone? James Chester would probably be the one from the last, what, 10 years or so, I suppose. Not similar reason necessarily to Paul McGraw, but a player that also struggled with injuries and kind of fought through it as well. Damaged his body, like, permanently for the for the cause of helping Villa uh, get promotion, ultimately. So, yeah, I suppose he's, I, I don't know, like a hero for Villa fans, really. And, you know, he wasn't the best player to ever play um, for the club, but a player that wore his heart on the sleeve and as I say, also made sacrifices for the cause. So, yeah, the ultimate professional, I think. I was going to pick Emi Martinez as a, an honourable mention just because we spoke about him recently, John, about what he's gone through to get where he is and the sacrifices he made. He's now a World yeah. Cup winner. I think we'll probably, again, as Mar- Ollie Watkins' prediction earlier, if Villa are to be successful in the next four or five years and, and Martinez is part of that, he'll go down as like a hero, legend, whatever. He'll be a big part of any success we have. He's kind of come from nothing to something. So he must have a, a good heart to, to do that. The one I'm going to pick, though, is somebody, again, that maybe won't get into this kind of thing for any particular football reason in place of some of the other great footballers we've spoken about, is Stan Petrov for his 
the heart and the courageousness he would have had to have shown to get through what he went through. The heart suggestion is nothing to do with his footballing ability or what he gave on the pitch, which was everything, to be fair, uh, blood, sweat and tears, definitely sweat. Um, but off the pitch, to, to go through what he went through and to come out of it smiling and, and so kind of enthusiastic for life uh, shows the kind of character and the person he is. So Stan Petrov's heart gets in there for me. So we've each picked uh, three ultimate Aston Villa footballers. It'll be up to the people who are watching or listening to this to get involved in the comment section down below or tweet us uh, who had the best overall player uh, for whatever different reason. You can also get involved in the comments and share yours by copying the uh, format in the description and, and giving your answers for each of them. Just a recap, and this is where the imagery comes out, everyone, if you've been waiting for this. Who knows what this is going to look like? Because as of right now, I've got this great idea of how I'm going to do it. But when I actually come to do it, I might not be skilled enough to do it. Uh, Matt, I'll let you go first. Can I say a sentence that I never thought I'd say? I never thought I'd think, <laughs> let alone say publicly. At some 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 stage, can you superimpose John McGinn's bum onto my Claret and Blue Monster? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll try my best. So what do you want? What do you want me to do? Run through my body parts. Right. The head of Andy Gray, the eyes of Gordon Cowens, the mouth of Dennis Mortimer, the brain of Gareth Barry, the heart of Paul McGrath, torso and upper body of Christian Benteke, the right leg of Ian Taylor, the left leg of Steve Staunton, the dribbling of Jack Grealish, the finishing of David Platt, and if you could sneak in the bum of John McGinn as well, that would be gratefully appreciated. I'm going to do mine next so uh, John can end and then I can do the outro at the end of it. You know, a baby crying, so I'm keen to wrap this up as quick as possible. Imagine if for Christmas he has this book rather than the one with the giraffe on and the elephant or whatever. It's this abomination. So mine is as follows. Uh, the head of Martin Larson, the eyes of Douglas Louise, the mouth of Tara Mings, the brain of Ashley Young, the torso and upper body and the arms of John Carew, the right leg of James Milner, the left leg of Connor Harahan, the dribbling ability of Jack Grealish, the finishing ability of Ollie Watkins, and the heart of Stan Petrov. Decent, that, nice. I think. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Matt wins hands down, <laughs> to be honest. Does he? Does he, though? I, I, I think so, yeah. We haven't done the hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done the hands. What would hands represent? A goalkeeper. Should we do goalkeeper? Are we all going to pick Martinez, though, or Bosnich? Is there really a talking point there? Uh, yeah, just add a in. Just, yeah. just stick some goalie gloves on. So I went with the head of Christian Benteke, the eyes of Felipe Coutinho, the mouth of John Terry, the brain of Robert Perez, the strength of Adama Traore, Ashley Young's right leg, Thomas Sitzelsberger's left leg, the dribbling ability of Jack Grealish, finishing ability of Dwight York, and the heart of James Chester. All decent suggestions, I think. And as always with these kind of silly podcasts, it's a chance to just talk about different things. Bring back the Premier League, please, so we don't have to do things like this. But it's been good fun. We'll have we'll have had those issues on screen while you were talking. So my apologies for the state of what you've just seen. Uh, but thank you both for joining me. Thanks everyone for watching along or listening. As I said earlier, get involved, share yours, uh, share yours with us as well. Thank you both. Thanks everyone for watching, and we'll see you soon.